Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. I'm Becky Crystal. I'm the lead writer for Voraciously at Washington Post. Voraciously is a part of the Washington Post food section where we are aimed at beginner and intermediate cooks. We try to kind of take the mystery out of cooking, teach a lot of basic recipes, interesting recipes, and really try to walk people through all kinds of ingredients and things that are really helpful to know in the kitchen. For more Cookery by the Book, you can follow me on Instagram. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share it with a friend. I'm always looking for new people to enjoy Cookery by the Book. Now on with the show. So, Becky, you're the lead writer for Voraciously at Washington Post Food. How long have you been with the newspaper? I've actually been here for 12 years. Not the whole time with food. I started out actually writing about TV, which was really fun. And I've kind of been food and food adjacent for the past 10 years, but voraciously has been my full-time gig for about the past two years. Um, I'm actually a home-taught, self-taught book, so I didn't go to culinary school. It's kind of been the school of culinary hard knocks, if you want to call it that. But um, I've learned a lot, and I, I think everyone else can teach themselves how to cook. So I just read an article in Fortune magazine yesterday that was all about discovering the allure of cookbooks. Why do you love cookbooks? I love being inspired by cookbooks, obviously. Um, Of course, making new dishes out of new cookbooks is a very obvious thing to do. But I also just like to read cookbooks, kind of like I do novels, Um, looking at the photos and learning about new ingredients. I think a lot of actually my cookbook reading is kind of recreational as opposed to I'm going to make something out of every book because I don't necessarily have that kind of time. Um, I love looking at the photos, seeing what other people are doing in terms of art direction and photos because we do a lot of that here voraciously and just learning about ingredients and dishes that I have not cooked before. The article in the Washington Post is 11 cookbooks that inspired us in 2019. Each of these 11 cookbooks are handpicked by a staff member. You can read the whole piece over on WashingtonPost.com. Could you take us through the process of putting this article together? Like, what was the criteria you had to work with, if any? Yeah, it's a very scientific process. Uh, actually it's, it's pretty casual. Um, we had a couple, we have a weekly staff meeting. And so over the course of a couple of them, we sort of threw out ideas about what each of us were interested in. You know, obviously we want to make sure that we don't have a ton of overlap. Not everyone's doing the same cuisine or not everyone's doing baking books, but really we just talked about books that inspired us, books that we cooked out of, books that we just saved on our desk. I mean, that's a major criteria because we get so many that come and go. And if you have even just held on to a book of probably hundreds we get a year, that's already a good sign. Yeah, we just all kind of picked one and it ended up working out well. We got a really good diversity of types of food and and authors. What are some cookbook trends you saw this year? It's almost like there are too many trends to be any trends um, because there's so many different types of books. You know, the common themes, 
there's been a lot of the specialty diets, keto, paleo, gluten-free, vegan, low sugar, stuff like that. Obviously, Instant Pot multi-cookers are still a huge powerhouse. I was looking in our closet right now and there's Mexican Instant Pot, Mediterranean Instant Pot, just basically any type of Instant Pot is going to be going to be out there. We saw a lot of deeper dives on global cuisines. Um, we featured Island Kitchen, which was about, you know, cuisine from the some of the Pacific Islands, Mexico with Oaxaca, Sichuan food, a lot of immigrant based cuisines, which very timely um, with what's going on in our country. And then a lot of uh, there are people who are experimenting with kind of more personal and casual approach to recipes and cookbooks. So people are kind of pushing the boundaries. So let's go over a few of these cookbooks on the list. Yeah. First, All About Dinner by Molly Stevens. One thing that makes this cookbook stand out for me is that you get Molly's teacherly voice on the page. It's easy to follow the directions and succeed with every recipe you make of hers. Yeah, Molly, I've interviewed Molly a few times uh, for stories and, you know, looked over some of her cookbooks. And like you said, she she's a great teacher and not intimidating. She's not going to give you... You know, imposter syndrome. She really wants to teach you, and that's what we liked a lot about this cookbook. She has lots of kind of these sidebars where she pulls things out on the side of the page, or she throws in a few pages on perfecting pila, for example, or boiling rice, or the difference between red and green curry paste. So she doesn't want to just throw things at you. She wants you to understand either the ingredients or the methodology. Um, the the food in there is is really approachable. It's not necessarily overly complicated. It, it skews a little bit towards comfort, uh, but interesting. There's a pork loin with uh, a miso glaze on there. And my colleague, Emily Heil, who chose this book, the book got her really into sumac, which is one of my favorite flavors. So you can learn a lot, but also make very kind of approachable dinners that you'll probably just keep making over and over again. Now to Vietnamese Food Any Day by Andrea Nguyen. I like that Andrea focuses on ingredients that are easily accessible. You don't need to go to the Asian market. Yeah, I mean, a lot like um, Molly, Andrea is someone else I've talked to, and she also is a really great teacher. And like you said, the accessibility of the ingredients in this book is is awesome. She, Her family came from... Vietnam. And when they ended up in California, they obviously didn't have access to the types of ingredients they had where they came from. And so it was this combination of flowers trip for one big shop. And then we're going to deal with whatever our local grocery store has. Obviously, stores have come a long way since Andrea was was young. So you walk into Trader Joe's, Safeway, Harris Teeter, whatever your local grocery store, and you're actually going to find probably a lot of Asian ingredients that she would not have been able to find at stores. But even then, she makes some fun and interesting substitutes. She uses French's uh, fried onions, which we all know from that green bean casserole at Thanksgiving, instead of fried shallots, which is a, a you know popular Asian ingredient. And it's, I mean, it's a brilliant swap. She wants to streamline her recipes, but not dumb them down so that people obviously get the spirit of Vietnamese food without having to go to a specialty store. 
So Milk and Cardamom by Hedel, Hetal. how do you pronounce her name? Hedel Vasavada. I haven't heard, actually heard her say it, but. Okay, we're going to stick with that one. Now, this was your personal pick. I had never heard of this cookbook before. Why did you pick this one? I, I love to bake. It's really my forte and my passion. And it's just, if I have free time, that's really what I want to do. I also absolutely adore Indian food and Indian cuisines. So Indian desserts naturally are of interest to me. Indian desserts are not, I mean, you can't just go to the supermarket. So I think they're kind of underappreciated in America still. Um, people aren't familiar with them. So immediately I was intrigued by that. What I also like about this book is that she gives you both quote unquote traditional Indian desserts, but she often combines them interesting ways with American ingredients or American foods. So it's this cool kind of mashup. She does this peanut ladu, which is a an Indian dessert, but she sort of riffs on Buckeyes, which are a know, Ohio Midwest staple. So she combines those. She pomegranate curd and the brownies. She uses more common Indian spices like jaggery and in her monkey bread. And it, it, I just wanted to make everything out of the book. And to me, that's always the sign of a, a, a book and my attention. Um, my favorite recipe and the one that I ended up featuring in the story was a gulab jamun bundt cake. Um, gulab jamun is, uh, they're basically fried dough balls. So they're, they're a little bit like donuts. You know, they're, they're smaller than golf balls. And, and they're soaked in this uh, rose and cardamom, this saffron, very aromatic syrup. And turn them into, you know, a very classic American bundt cake. Phenomenal flavor. It's beautiful. It's way more interesting than your typical bun cake and people here really went bonkers for it. Now moving on to one of my faves this year, Roughage by Abra Barons. I call this the vegetable Bible. This is the book you need if you have a membership to a CSA or just if you're strolling through your grocery store. One of the reasons Matt Brooks, who's the voraciously editor, picked this book was he has been a longtime CSA member. And of course, with CSA, it's a little bit like roulette and you get what you get and you have to figure out what to do with it. Um, so what's nice, he includes buying information and storage information. And she really lets the vegetables shine rather than burying them under other ingredients. Whole Food Cooking Every Day by Amy Chaplin was another cookbook that I wasn't familiar with this year. What's her take on vegetarian cuisine? Joe Yonan, who's a food editor, just absolutely raved about this book. And she obviously wants you to focus on eating seasonally. She is really great about offering base recipes that you can riff on depending on season or your taste or you know whatever you ha- have to have on hand. You know, it's vegan, it's gluten-free, it's low refined sugar, but she is not preachy about it, right? She kind of makes everything feel off the cuff and it's relaxed and she's not, you know, making you feel guilty. She just wants you to learn how to cook like this and make dishes that appeal to you and that are as close to the original state of the ingredients as possible. So it's kind of refreshing in that way. So this next cookbook moved me. It's one of my personal favorites this year. 
I was so happy to see it on the list. It's Midnight Chicken by Ella Risbridger. From the watercolor illustrations in the book to Ella's stories surrounding despair and mental health to the homey recipes, it sounds odd just saying it like that, but there's something oddly brilliant about this cookbook. I just loved it. Yeah, it's a really combination of cookbook and memoir. Like I mentioned earlier, it's sort of this less traditional approach to cookbooks and recipes. So you mentioned the watercolor paintings. There are no photos, which is really different from a lot of cookbooks you see now. It really lets you focus on the words. And, you know, she's very lyrical in her recipe writing. There's a lot of kind of short, almost poetic sentences. And then there's these longer stretches where like talking about kneading bread and you see sunshine. And it's beautiful and it's casual without being cutesy. It's going to let people feel free to, to cook and relax and, you know, admit that there's a lot of connection between feelings and cooking too. So what cookbooks are you excited about coming out in 2020? Well, I would not be a good employee if I didn't mention Cool Beans by Joe Yon in the food editor, but I'm actually genuinely excited. I cook a ton of beans, especially now that I have an Instapot. I mean, I cook beans every week. I love that. I'm really looking forward to Rose's Ice Cream Bliss by Rose Levy Barenbaum, whose books are, um, I mean, they're airtight, so many great recipes. And I actually talked to Rose for a story I did on ice cream earlier this year. So I know that she's got some amazing flavors uh, that are going to be in there. I'm also really excited about Erin McDowell's pie book that's coming out next year. Uh, you see there's a common theme here, like baking a lot. Erin, um, awesome teacher, so smart. And one other one I'm really looking forward to is Healthy Indian. If you're a Great British Baking Show fan, you probably remember Chetna, who was on the first season that aired in the U.S. I love her. She's she's so fun and really nice to see her doing things well beyond baking. And like I said earlier, Indian is one of my favorite cuisines and I really like eating a lot of vegetarian food. So I think this is one to look out for. What can we look forward to with Voraciously in the new year? It's a good question. Um, I think maybe we're going to try to do maybe a couple more slightly more involved recipes, not too much. You know, we're in year three and we want to keep giving people the fundamentals of cooking and basic recipes. But I like just got an email from a reader who said, I am on the hunt for the perfect baguette recipe. That could be fun. You know, give people something that's a little more projecty, but is still kind of this approachable dish. And yeah, I think you know I'm going to try to do a lot of my own recipe development, and it's going to be an exciting mix. I hope. Now to my segment called My Favorite Cookbook. What is your all-time favorite cookbook, and why? You're going to make me choose. Um, that's really hard as someone who collects cookbooks and works a lot. If I had to, had to, had to pick. I would probably say the gourmet cookbook. Actually, one of the first cookbooks I owned. It's it's just a you know it's just a nice all around book, and I think especially for people who haven't cooked a lot, it will encourage you to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Where can we find you on the web and social media? I am at voraciously.com. On Facebook, I'm at Becky Crystal, all one word. And on Instagram, I'm at Becky.Crystal. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Becky, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. All right. Thanks, Susie. 
Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.